Prescott. And they're back. Funny enough, as I am saying this, I get a note of that CMAC is back at practice. Ain't that something? <sighs> That's just a re-aggravated injury waiting to happen. You can probably guess why I'm in such a depressed mood in terms of I'm being forced every Wednesday to talk about fantasy by myself for about 45 minutes. Do you know how hard that is to do when your team didn't even hit 250 points last week? Like, it's not the easiest thing to do and be upright about. So, yeah. The piss cats are back, man. <laughs> like, big time. Just when I thought, like, we kicked the fucking curse of being stinky? That's a curse, bro. Curses aren't meant to be broken. Fuck. We're into my predictions again. And you know what? As I mentioned, I'm, I was absolutely so bad at fantasy last week. And my team absolutely stunk. Like, fuck. At least I went 5-1 and one in my predictions last week. And I'm starting to see a little bit of a trend here, right? Because last year, my predictions, um, before I kind of hit, like, a bumpy road. Like, I guess when the Piss Cats, like, really, really hit, like, bedrock. That's, that's when uh, we were kind of just, like... Fuck. We kind of lost a little bit of hope in fantasy and the podcast. Won't happen this year. As you can already see, the Piscats are going in a downward trend. But I will, for my own sake and sanity, I will continue to push through. But I was doing good in my predictions last year. My team was shit. And I was doing good on predictions. Last week, my team was shit. And I finally did good on predictions. So I'm starting to think if I fucking win games in fantasy, that I'm just not going to be able to predict games right. Maybe I should just be very good at predicting this year and stink. And then I can have first overall next year again or something like that. That'd be pretty good. I'm depressed still. We're going to roll right into my predictions though for this week. And we got Naller versus me. This is an old age rivalry too. Like this one dates back to grade nine. Nothing but respect for the Show Me Your TDs franchise. I mean, you got to remember, man. This guy's literally had this name since that year I don't know how long ago grade nine was but it was a couple years ago so like it's pretty fucking funny how he still has that he changed it once in a while to give me Rogers and give me RG3 or whatever the hell was happening but you know whatever good for Neller he's gonna beat me this week how about that he's on a roll man and I made this Claypool deal with him I'm willing to bet Claypool doesn't suit up this week and I literally Face the complete wrath of that trade, like, head-on. Like, Neller's going to use all the boys I shipped him up, get him on that lineup again. Like, Renfro and E-Man have literally been better than Claypool up to this point. I don't even want to talk about that. It's making me more depressed. We're moving on to BG and Trunz. This is a heavyweight battle. Heavyweight battle. Don't... Everybody knows to not let Trinkler's record fool you. This kid ain't a one-in-three team. You might as well swap those numbers around. That's how good his team's performed, so... Yes, he's playing the only undefeated team left. And I'm saying this game is going to be a... F- Listen, man. I, I, I don't like to predict scores. 
But this is just a heavyweight battle here. These are teams that are putting points on the board every week. Both teams are going to hit 375 in this game, I'm saying. It's going to be a high-scoring run. But I'm going to say the streak ends. Tinkler is going 2-3. and three. BG's going to drop his first of the year. I don't know. I just feel like that's the trend. I don't know. There's not even really a way to go look at the matchups on this one. I'm just saying. If I had to pick, I think Trinkler is going to pick up another win in a row. Good for him. Moose versus Clark. And I mean, obviously, pretty good battle out there. But um, Moose's team is ridiculous. going to leave it at that. It's a very good fantasy team. He has going there. Uh, Clark put up a great battle last week. He told me, hey, I heard you, brother. I ain't going to put you in last in the power rankings because it was a fucking ferocious march back on Monday night, but they just were short. And that stings when like guys like CeeDee Lamb got you three and a half points. Like, man, those losses hurt. But uh, I won't give you the ultimate hurt of being last place, I guess. So, But Moose versus Clark this week, I'm going to give it to Moose. As I just say, Clark, yes, you've gained my respect. Yeah, yeah. You're going to lose this week. No, but it's just no disrespect. But I think you could look on the other side and see who you're playing and be have the asshole puckered a bit. You know what I mean? So, good for you, Moose. Now we're going Furley versus Rich. Rich is the other person who was on the other tr- other side of a deal that went down that helped Moose team become pretty damn good. But you know what? For this upcoming game, I think these are actually teams. It's going to be a close game, too. I'm thinking... Similar to like Trends and Brody's game. I don't know. I just get the vibes. I think Kyler's going ballistic. And I think Pat can actually kind of maybe slow down a little bit against Buffalo. We'll see though. And um, I think like I for some odd reason, I something tells me the Philly and Carolina game is just going to be like a really good game. Like, I don't know. That was just a game like that stood out to me when I was going down the schedule this week. And I want to watch it. But I think that's more so the fact, like, I think Carolina's defense almost got a little exposed last week against Dallas. And, yes, they're signing Stephon Gilmore. I don't think he'll be there for that for this week's game. So, I think it could be a pretty solid game. Like, I don't know. I like I like a play like um, Devonta Smith. Like, that's something. You'll see, you'll see what I mean. I like Devonta, though. But I also like Miles Sanders. Hmm. It's a good one. You know what? Rich caught some slack for that trade yesterday. So, no, he caught some heat, but I'm going to cut him some slack. I don't know how that fucking saying works. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to Rich. It's going to be a close one, though. I'm not going to look at the predictions, but they. But I have a feeling it might be in that range, like the 350 range, but a close game. I should bring Game of the Week back. That's what I should do. Maybe next week. Uh, next, Knack versus Legro. And you know what? Here's the thing, man. You can't be that mad if you're knack. Yes, you can be mad because your team ain't performing. But, like, man, you got to just have patience. You built a really good team, and sometimes it's not going to all pan out every single week. But uh, I think, honestly, the only thing if I'm knack, I don't even really think, like, there's much you could really do. But I don't know, man. Robbie, he got some looks last week. Maybe Robbie could, or you know what, Knack, listen, this is me being honest to you. This is not me trying to stew you. 
this is just like I'm just sometimes I go down the boys teens for the first time while I'm on the podcast so I see things so I trust Randall Cobb more than Sammy Watkins right now I don't know MVS is on IR and Randall Cobb got a bunch of playtime there's a reason Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb back Randall Cobb's sturdy, man. Like, he's solid. If he's going to... I don't know. I could see waiting another week, though, to see what happens, too. I wouldn't hate that move. But I think he should be in consideration over Sammy Watt. But, you know what? Max had a rough go. His team's been on a literal skid. Like, an absolute free fall. But it stops this week. I think Max's going to get it back on track. I think Max's getting it up this week. And then last, we have Ben versus Adam. Oh, I really rejected my deal. Well, I don't blame you. It is the guy your team is named after. But I was just I was just throwing it out there, you know, testing the waters a little bit. Um, we have Ben versus Adam. I mean, big hit last week for Sandy. You know what? Let me go back to that. <coughs> but I did put DJ Chark on my well last week, unfortunately, and. Uh, that was the reason for that was because I traded him to Adam the week I played him. And I'm like, well, anytime I'm going to do that, it's going to bite me in the ass. Well, didn't bite me in the ass. I mean, ultimately, in the end, I lost the game. But DJ Chark is out for the season, and it only took about a minute in the Thursday night football for that to happen. So that's actually a, a, that's a flex for Sandy. And now he has to go find another person to fit in. They're hurting right now, you know? But I think, like, they need Michael Thomas back, Michael Gallup back. There's guys that they're going to be getting back. And who knows, Josh Gordon could even show out in KC, and then he becomes an option. I think they're not done yet, but I think this week Bruce is going to pick up the win. And that is the predictions. We're going to move on to the power rankings. Fuck yeah, dude. Well, I wasn't throwing a burger, Clark. You're not number 12 this week, brother. And you know what? You almost knocked off the only undefeated team left in the league. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a fucking close battle. But, like, you did definitely show that your team can, you know, hang. You can hang. It's not the best I've ever seen. But if they can battle with behind Derrick Henry, man, anything's possible. And you know what? I gotta apologize because I told Clark the night before, the, I think I already did, but I told Clark the night before the draft, I'm like, bro, if I'm you, there's just no way I'm gonna take Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook at two. I just won't do it. And, you know, he understands that availability in fantasy is the best ability. And Derrick Henry don't miss games. Dalvin Cook has a history of missing games, despite, you know, maybe thinking Dalvin Cook could be the better play because he's more involved in the passing game, things like that. Still gets a similar uh, rushing workload to Henry when he's fully healthy, just plus the passing game. They're close, though, you know, but I think that to me, Dalvin at the draft was just my by far and away number two. But that's just me. That was my opinion. And Clark stuck with his guns, man. And you know what? Derrick Henry has been fucking balling. He's got me looking like an idiot for taking C-Mac at one over Derrick Henry. Like... You know what? He stuck to his guns, and when you stick to your guns sometime, it's going to fucking pay off. Maybe not in the case of Russell Gage, but, or any other Falcons. You know, Clark, here's another thing, man. This ain't no roast, because, you know, this guy, the Derrick Henry thing was good, but this thing's not good. You got to abandon the whole Falcons wide receiver three play. 
here's why I'm saying wide receiver three. Russell Gage or if Russell Gage is hurt, Olamide Zacchaeus or whatever his name is, they ain't probably the wide receiver two there. It's probably Pitts. So if you're going to be content with playing a wide receiver three on that offense, think about that. I know you could find better options. I know it. That's only that. Anyway, Clark, you're not even number 12. But I'm sometimes I just go on little rants here and there. I'm a little fucking nice with it, all right, brother? Rich is number 12. Listen, Rich, I know you made the trade. You had to do it because you're, you're trying to stay afloat. And I look at your points and I get them. My only thing is, I just, I honestly wonder if there was a way you could have maybe done the running back separately. Like, I mean, like, if you wanted to maybe trade Mix into another team who had options and then maybe Montgomery to Moose because he had Damian Williams and you and maybe try to get Jamal Williams back in that and then try and trade Mix into another. I know, like, I don't really look at your options or what you had on the table. And I know it's in the end, it's probably not going to be that bad for you. Usually deals like that happen and we see someone like, you got fucking ripped. And literally one thing could happen, like, fucking, I don't know, you know, fucking... Sermon goes down or something. Elijah Mitchell becomes fucking clear-cut running back one. And then Jamal Williams goes down. Or sorry, DeAndre Swift. This is on my sister for coming in. What's up? Bye. Have a good shift. Drive safe out there, brother. Um, if Rich's case, if DeAndre Swift goes down, and he's been dealing with... The, okay, here's the thing. I know they're trying to work through his... Um, groin injury but the guy was literally a game time decision last week like I don't really understand not game time but like they didn't announce he was playing till Sunday so I don't know if this is actually an injury that's nagging or if they're just really I don't know but I think Jamal Williams is just going to be safe to get work because they really want to make sure Swift is healthy and he's also like one injury away from if Swift misses any time Williams is like a locked in RB1 that week so I mean I would much rather, in Rich's case, have um, Chase Edmonds, Jamal Williams, Elijah Mitchell, or Trey Sermon. Like, I think the only thing that might shaft Rich is if Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell even split any time, that could hurt him. I think your best case is to hopefully have Mitchell be the workhorse or Sermon, whoever, you know, has the hot hand. I think it could be a committee, though, maybe. Sermon's looked good when he's had the opportunities so far. So we'll see what happens, but I do understand you just wanted to lock up that backfield. You wanted to also have Jamal Williams and Chase Edmonds where safe plays at running back every week. So I can see it. You would you don't want to roll out with just Sermon and AJ Dillon and then one good running back. You know what I mean? I, I can see where you come from. But you're at 12 just because I think that the teams in front just have a slight edge. And you're also one and three. So you're trying to stay afloat right now, but keep battling, brother. I know <coughs> you have it in you. Keep battling because I'm right ahead of you at number 11. And the piss cats, man, I'm sorry, but there's really no way around it. You don't drop over 250 points with the team. I'm not saying my team's unbelievable. It's average, middle of the pack. But there's there's also a reason like this this team should, by, by all means, perform way better than what it did last week. And if this is going to be a trend, I see some things that are slightly scaring me. I ain't going to give them away on the podcast. Then you'll come attack me for these players. But I'm keeping an eye on things a little bit. And Albany, man, they got to wake up. They're about a loss or two away from blowing this whole thing up. So, I mean, 
um, to drop two straight and put in the points that we did in those two losses, like, that's not good. Not really good, dude. And they're on a skid. Albany's not looking good right now, brother. They're at 11. We're putting Clark at 10. So how about that, Clark? I roasted you for playing Olamide's Achaeus, but I put you above me in the power rankings. So we're even now. Um, like I said, man, Derrick Henry, to me, I think alone, it's hard to keep you in last place because that guy can pop off any game and then you get a little more help from the rest of your team and you're you're moving towards wins um there's also some things that like have gone i think like i don't know i expected Dak to be better for sure like i think everybody really did he looked really good week one in a shootout but with i think the more involvement of tony pollard and keeping this run game fresh we're seeing less and less passing opportunities for dallas and uh it's not a bad thing overall, but it's definitely going to hurt, like, the volume slightly for everyone. And, like, you maybe won't expect Dak to be a top fucking three quarterback like he was. But, um, hey, he's going to keep grinding. Um, Mike Davis' situation is probably something to keep an eye on. Definitely didn't look ideal. Not just saying that because I'm a Patterson owner. I love C-Pat, though. But, like, for real, it just wasn't looking nice for Mikey Davis out there. It's kind of looking like, you know... um, What's the player I'm thinking of here? I don't want to use his actual name. The trash can on your favorite team, Miami. So you should tell uh, B. Flo to wake up and stop running Malcolm Brown into a literal pile of 300-pounders. Like, Christ, man. I'm getting angry now. Anyway, we're going to move on. And at number nine, we got Sandy. And, I mean, he's staying put from last week. There's not much to say. I mean, I think... There's some things that are going to go more his way than, you know, losing DJ Chark last week, and he didn't even have T. Higgins. Like, he's going to have Gallup and Michael Thomas back soon, and I, for some reason, just can't uh, seem to shake my mind. I think those are two big plays he's getting back, and his receivers are hurting right now, but they're going to be right back up, and I think, like, that can give him that in-season push he needs. But right now, he's at nine. At number eight, we're putting Knack. And I mean, man... The donkey balls, they are slipping. And it's tough to see, but at the same time, I think there's still too much talent on that team to just say, hey, this team is like fucking last absolute dog just because they lost fucking what? Two games in a row? Three games in a row? What is he? He's two and two or three or one and three? No, he's one and three, right? Sorry, I don't got the app right here. He's one and three. But you know what? I predicted him to win this week. And I think there's just, like I said, too much firepower. I, I'll repeat that. I don't, if I'm not, I can understand the frustration because maybe you want to make a couple minor trades here and there, but ultimately, how can you really be like, what more can you do is my question. Because I look at your team and I'd have, I'd have the same anger as you because I don't really see that much. Uh, I don't really see it as a bad team at all as a one and three or even a ninth place, but that's just how the seasons went so far. I would say stick to your guns, but at the same time, in Albany, we're a couple L's away from blowing it all up, so I don't know. You do you, brother. Right above Knack, we're putting Neller. Neller, man. He beat Knack last week. It's tough to it's tough to put Knack ahead. And uh, Neller is also playing these guys that he got in his only deal he made this year, and it's paying off for him like things are turning around for Neller and I think Tua will be back pretty soon he won't have just stuck with two QBs he'll be back having three and DJ Charkas out Visca should get more opportunity 
You know what I mean? Like it's things are looking up for Naller slightly, and I think that uh, he's definitely going to be more of a middle pack team now, especially if he gets the production from Najee and Clyde. It's huge for Nelson Lou, and he needs that. But at number six, putting Trinkler. He finally got that elusive W that kept evading him. Had to kind of fucking go off for it. He put a statement out there. He's like, fuck this. He's like, what, I can't put up high 380s or 400s and win? And I'm going to fucking put up high 400s and you're going to have to fucking like it, brother. And that's a fucking way to get a W. And I mean, you look at that team on paper, it's fucking, it's scary. Taylor Heineke has been absolutely like solid fantasy quarterback. I think um, better than really trends could have imagined. I mean, you don't really think this guy was going to come in and be a top 15 quarterback, especially after only playing, like, what, half of, like, the fucking first game? So he's, whenever he starts, 40, 40, 56, pretty fucking solid play. And then you have guys who are like Terry McLaurin, who's just quarterback fucking proof, but an absolute beast, wide receiver five. Brandon Cooks is wide receiver 10. Debo Samuel's wide receiver one. Like, you know what I mean? Galladay has been bouncing back since he ripped Jason Garrett on the sideline, not Daniel Jones. I think if it was Daniel Jones, he would have been shit. That's my disclaimer. I didn't know it was Jason Garrett when I said I hated him, bro. And then Darnell Mooney literally looked like a stud. Then on top of all that, probably the best depth in the league. Yeah. All right, trans, you're doing all right for one and three, brother. You're doing all right. But at number five, sitting there at two and two, we got Bruce. And Bruce's team absolutely could have pulled off a huge fucking win last week. But I think what's looking good for Benny here is, I mean, now the depth is starting to come. Curtis Samuel wasn't a really good performance, but it was his first game back. I wouldn't have really expected him to pop off. Just kind of keep him there. And and hopefully if he gets a couple of decent weeks going, he'll be back to... This is a really good flex, but Jamison Crowder right now looks fucking fine too. And then you have Deontay Harris, who's actually been good. So, I mean, at least for a flex play, you can throw him in. But there's nothing wrong with having uh, AJ and Juju there right now. Juju, I think, is going to be, like, not going to be in the 3.5 and 7. I'm sorry, boys. I got a fucking burp right in me right now. I don't think Juju's going to be in that uh, seven points, three and a half point range. I think you can definitely expect him more to be, uh, especially in, in, in a game against Denver. I think that that won't be a game where we'll see a lot of maybe deep shots. I think it's going to be really, Ben has to get that ball out quick. And I think it's going to be a thing where, I say Ben, not as in Flem, as in Big Ben. He's got to get the ball out quick. And he's got to get it to Juju. He's got to get it to these guys in Deontay. I think those guys are in for a big game against Denver. Wouldn't really expect someone like Claypool if he plays to have a good one just because, I don't know, Big Ben will be taking many deep shots. But we'll see. I think that the reason for that is don't really know if he'll have the time in the pocket. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ben's team, I mean, he also has, like, really strong running backs. James Conner has been a not a surprise, but he's been he's been actually, like, solid. For your RB3, you cannot be mad at that, especially when your top two RBs are Josh Jacobs, who actually, like, you know, despite his first game being back, there were some flashes. But he does have to wake up because now that he's had that first game back, he needs to have a big game this week. And it was odd to me because Kenyon Drake wasn't really popping off either or doing anything. So I think it was maybe just a matter of Chargers having a really good defensive day. 
and uh, Vegas kind of fell a little bit back. And they didn't really have um, a, a complete like uh, game script when they are going down. You know, I think when Vegas is up, they're a team that can stay on track. And, you know, but the second that they start, you know, having errors here and there and they have to really follow game, that's when you could see things like this happen. But you know what? They're going in and they have Chicago. They're playing at home again. So I think you could see a bounce back week, especially with a young QB like Fields playing. But, hey, I think Jacobs, if the Raiders get out to Leeds, is when you'll see Jacobs have really, really big games. And then Eckler looked absolutely phenomenal. And that's uh, not to mention that Eckler's been RB2 so far. So, I mean, definitely like what Benny's team is doing there. And then at number four, Legro. I mean, what else can I really say? Because he has struggles at running back. But at the same time, you just know that every week he's going to be able to pull something out of his hat. And he's just been grinding. And I think that the big thing about that is, He's actually got underrated depth. And I think probably due to the fact that he's going to have both of these Tyreek and Travis Kelsey every week, you can literally expect one of them to pop. Like, it's a guarantee. I mean, how often are you going to be able to win when Tyreek is... Like, here's the thing for me. If Tyreek is going to get you around, like, 14 points every two weeks, and then he's going to go up for 81 and 72... Okay, yeah, like that is fucking scary. That's the type of stuff that can win you a game right there. Um, he's three and one. He's one of the only three and one fucking teams left. It's just him and Furley at that. So, I mean, it's pretty much tough to leave Legro any lower than that. Above him, Furley, you got to love what the guy has been getting out of his team so far. I mean, Danny Dimes is a literal, just a stud. QB4, who saw that in fantasy coming up at this point? We're a month into the fucking year. Nick Chubb is five. And I think the only thing that's really kind of slowing him down right now is that Miles Sanders has kind of been a little scary. And Kenny Gainwell is actually getting a lot of work done in there. But, uh, yeah, not bad for Furley. And then at number two, we got Moose. I know. Moose is like, what the fuck? Listen, Moose is two and two. He could have, in my opinion, probably the best team on paper in the league. But I think that... It's also not by far and away. I mean, I think that there's other teams that can definitely compete with Moose. Um, he is 2-2. Two and two. If he was 3-1, and one, he might have been number one. But he's two games behind our number one. The last month standing. And he's doing it again. BG is going to be at the top again. Um, like I said, in no disrespect. Maybe I just had like a vision or something. But I just think Trinkler's rolling. I think Trinkler could get another one. I think it's going to be a big game this week. If I had to pick a game of the week, I'll bring it back this week. It's that game right there. BG, Trink, book it. Moved on to, well, shit. I mean, fuck, last week, brother. DJ Chark, poor guy. He was... He was a cat going into the week, so maybe the gods already punched their ticket in for who was going to get hurt that week, and because he was a piss cat, that's probably why he got hurt. But that was a miss. Uh, Trey Sermon actually played solid last week. I think he got 28. So I wouldn't say it's like an unreal, but that's well. And Robert Woods is still stuck in around that 20-point threshold, so I'm that's missed. I said he was going to pop off. 
Don't know what's going on there, but if your Muth and your Flex 2 is getting you 20 points a week, I wouldn't be too mad either. So, like a literal lock for 20 points a week. Last week's shit. I said Big Ben. I mean, that's kind of goes without saying, right? You know, that was an easy one, though. Shit, I said Kenny Galladay. Miss. Kenny Galladay played pretty damn good. And shit, Robbie Anderson. I'd honestly say a miss because he got 14 points, and that's about 14 more than he's had in every other game besides that one where he caught the bomb. So, overall, not the best last week, but this week for well, I earlier was saying, for some reason, I like this Carolina and Philly game. And I think Devonta Smith's going to have a good game. I don't know. I think it's not going to be, like, super high scoring, but I think, like, Devonta Smith's going to have a good game. I think he's going to keep it rolling. He had a fucking pretty solid game last week. Nuke. I think Nuke's getting back on track. I don't think he's been, at least for the last two weeks, he hasn't had, like, over 30 points. I think he's going to get over 30 points. That's I'm going to say that for Nuke. And then my last, well, Damian Harris. He's had a rough go so far uh, for the last two weeks. I think it turns around this week. I think they actually have a better matchup. I think Damian Harris could actually probably put up over 30 points this week, to be honest. Um, It is Houston. I could easily see it being closer than people imagined, but I could also see New England just having an advantage for most of the game. And they hung in there with Tampa, so... Don't really see why they can't come out to a lead against Houston. Those are my wells. Devonta Smith, DeAndre Hopkins, Damian Harris. If you have any of those players, I suggest trading them this week before they get hurt. Shit. Miles, the trash can, gas can. Gas cannot touch the ball in the second half or any time after the first quarter, to be honest. Like, Clark, man, message me, man. Tell me what's going on with B-Flow. Has this guy came out and actually, like, said anything about that? Because I think that's just completely ridiculous. I'm not saying this because Gaskin's on my team. Okay, probably I am. But, man, like, look at the guy's stats behind that old line. And what? Just because Jacoby fucking Brissett's quarterback, you just can't give the ball to Gaskin because of pass pro? My uh, Malcolm Brown's getting blown up, too. Like, fuck, you might as well keep the guy in the game who can actually get yards when he gets the ball. That's my rant. Miles Gaskin. Next, Kenyon Drake. Maybe there's a little bit of a trend here going. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a rough week last week. Um, Josh Jacobs is back. I know Peyton Barber did get hurt. He's expected to miss some time, actually. So maybe that could be good for Drake. But not encouraging last week. And uh, for some odd reason, I think that Josh Jacobs has a better week this week. And they come out to a lead. And they can actually establish his run game more. And, yeah, I don't think Kenyon... It's not just because he was also a Dolphin, or was it? Because our third shit is Mark Walton. Keep this guy out of your fucking lineups. Keep this guy away from your girlfriends. Keep this guy away from your mothers and your sisters. Because he hits women. And he will fuck your fantasy season over. Just like Miles Trash Can. Just like Kenyon Drake. Just like Patrick Laird. Just like, I don't fucking know, Jay Ajayi, yeah, bang, boom, biggity, bang, the fucking Dolphins running backs are never touching my fucking team out of draft again. How about that? 
fuck it. I don't give a fuck if they draft Brian Robinson next year in the first round and they go and sign all these motherfuckers in free agency and beef up their whole line and everybody's like, oh my god, Brian Robinson is a lock like Najee Harris should be a running back one. Like, I'm not fucking touching him, alright? He could fall to me in the fifth round and I wouldn't touch him with a ten-foot fucking pole. See you next week, boys.